up, NBA fans? It's the start of the 2022-23 NBA season. We've taken a few weeks off. It's probably been almost a month since our last episode we recorded. My co-host, you know, the guy, Sean Davidson, is now a married man. So he, we were doing weeks of festivities and, and stuff. But we're back on regular programming to break down the start of this year. And, and so far, it's been an eventful one. But... Sean, what have you been up to now that you are a married man? You are not only just a podcast host, but also a podcast host who is also married. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? I've made it to the next level, right, Alan? Next level stuff. Yeah, it's, uh, being a newlywed is, is pretty awesome. Um, and I'm looking really forward to you being a newlywed coming up next year in April. So then we'll be two podcasters that are also married. That's right. Um, but let's not forget, we have a guest host today. Uh, get little mm-hmm. guest action on the pod. We got Mark. He hasn't been on the pod for a while, but he's back for this one. Yeah, they needed to bring some real knowledge to their podcast, you know, some real <laughs> basketball stuff. And certified lover boy here, I am not married. Not the type of cuddling <laughs> and loving them back. Um, what the married life will bring you is Sean is actually at my place because his wife kicked him out for making too much noise. So here we are podcasting. I'd like to say it was more of a polite gesture. <laughs> sure, Mr. McGraw. <laughs> nah, I'm just teasing. Yeah. I'm just teasing. We got to keep it respectful. Keep it yeah. respectful. Well, good to have you, Mark. And we look forward to the knowledge bombs you're going to drop. Uh, I always appreciate a controversial take from, from guests to mix things up. Get us, <laughs> get us a little, get us deep in the thoughts. Uh, we know we know Mark's just, full of controversial ones, but we'll keep it to the ones that actually make sense. <laughs> yeah, or right, maybe not. Right. I don't know. <laughs> we got time. We got time. All right, let's jump in. Let's go. Let's jump in right away to the number one soap opera in the NBA so far to start the season, and and somehow it it's not the LA Lakers. It's not the <laughs> Clippers. It's not. It is a major market team, and it is the Brooklyn Nets. No surprise here. Easily the biggest soap opera to start the year. Currently sitting at two and six, including a one twenty-five to one sixteen loss to the Indiana Pacers, who right now find themselves atop of the standings, close close to the top ten. But we all know towards the towards the later, later parts of the season, this is probably one of the teams that's going to be all the way towards the bottom. Their second in defensive rating. Uh, it's 20th in offensive rating, even despite KD averaging 32 points on 50% shooting and 30, a, high, a career high of 33% usage rate. So KD is doing everything he can to keep this team afloat, but there is just a bit of chaos with this team. And just a quick bullet points to recap everything that's happened since the start of the year. A players-only meeting already occurred just a day before Halloween after that Pacer loss. Then just a day later, Kyrie Irving tweets support for a film with anti-Semitic ideals. It was really blown up. Uh, there was that weird interview, that Ky- press conference that Kyrie Irving had with B- Nets, longtime Nets uh, ESPN B-Time reporter. Steve Nash is then fired slash maybe mutually agreed. Depends on who you ask. Woj reports that he was fired. Shams reported that the two sides agreed to part ways. And now Imi Idoku is rumored to be the number one candidate and should be hired very soon by the Nets, according to Woj. So that's just a quick recap of everything that's been going on in Brooklyn. Sean, out of all these things, is there one thing that stands out bigger to you? Or is this just a big mess that's not even worth breaking down into pieces? I mean, there... 
it's impossible for me to pick one of these things on. Like, these are all just equally ridiculous in their own mm-hmm. right. I mean, and this started in the offseason. I mean, Kevin Durant really got everything going with all of the trade rumors, literally requesting a trade. And we thought that would be the biggest drama. Mm-hmm. Or maybe even Ben Simmons coming back. You know, like, that hasn't even been a story. You didn't even have a bullet point for Ben Simmons right. in all of this. Like, that's not even making the top five for the crazy yeah. things that have happened. And, you just, yeah, you, obviously Kyrie, I mean, you come into the season – you know, he's had his, his COVID controversial stuff in the past few years. And you think, oh, like, now that that's kind of behind us a bit, maybe Kyrie will go back to just being Kyrie. But, of course, he can't and he won't. And so now we get this. Honestly, I think Steve Nash should have been fired last year. Like, I'm surprised mm-hmm. he even made it this far. So that was just kind of like a finally good riddance. But then coming back this, the same day and saying, oh, we're just going to get Ime Udoka instead after all the controversy surrounding him. It's like, what? You're just asking for it at this point. Yeah, why not try to go get a Quinn Snyder? Someone, there's there's plenty of good coaching candidates out there, I think. But you go yeah, Frank Vogel after even. the guy. Frank Vogel, right. Yeah, what do you think, Mark? Honestly, I think the biggest... The biggest thing going on here, I think, is the Ime Udoka. <laughs> the whole topic yeah. about him. Like, he's only suspended. Like, did you see Marcus Smart's <laughs> comments today when he was like, dude, I had, we were blindsided. We thought he was coming back to us. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> and then he was like, all of a sudden we find out he's going to the Nets and we're like, wait, what? Like, <laughs> you mean he's not coming back? And then you see the GM of the Nets out here saying like, no, we don't even have a coach. We have no idea who it's going to oh, be. man. So to me, you got this dysfunctional organization, probably the most dysfunctional organization in like all of sports right now, trying to sign one of the most controversial coaches like in sports right now. Like clearly he's got problems. I see this as like a last ditch effort. Like this if this guy can't get this team to work, like we're just blowing this whole thing up. Like I can see them just <laughs> throwing in the towel, letting Kyrie walk letting their free agents walk and just trying to start over, maybe keep Kevin Durant to fill the stands and maybe surround him with maybe some like B-tier players, make a couple deep playoff runs. But for the next three years, I can see them just throwing in the towel. Yeah, it's it's tough. Let's not forget there was four picks traded away. Carice LeVert, Jared Allen, for James Harden two years ago. Oh, All that is gone. <laughs> you, now you're just stuck with Ben Simmons, Kyrie Irving playing into his last year and – Durant, you still got Durant secured in, but I also think one of the funnier pieces here is Joe Tasai, the owner of the Nets, really going into his Twitter account to try to do damage control, tweeting at Kyrie when he tweeted that, tweeting at Kevin Durant, supporting his staff. This man just went out and opened up his wallet, threw down big time to purchase this franchise, and has just seen nothing but dysfunction the last <laughs> few years. And maybe it's partly his fault. I don't know. It's 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 hard to say, but. Um, man, it, it's tough. But on the basketball standpoint, I mentioned they were second in defensive rating. I, I meant to say totally the opposite end of that. They're second to last in defensive rating, <laughs> yeah. 20th in offensive rating. So you got Kevin Durant playing most of his, bringing this back to basketball for a minute here. You got KD playing most of the minutes at power forward. And even some, I think it's like 30% of his minutes are at center since the Nets only have Nick Claxton that they could throw into the center position he's averaging career highs at 32 points while making over half of his shot at 52 percent and and they're still losing ben simmons 
doesn't really look like he is the switch is going to just click the way maybe they hope or the few Ben Simmons fans that are still out there hope. So things look like they're in trouble. So I'd like to gauge from you two how bad in trouble is this team from a basketball position with what they have? Is it is it time to hit the panic button? Should they look for a trade? Or is it just a matter of time of waiting for the schedule to kind of ease off a little bit on for them? I 100% think that they need to panic. And it's not just because of the record, you know? It's because of all the things mm-hmm. we listed here. Like, this is a dysfunctional organization, like Mark said. They they have to clean house, I think. It, yeah, it starts with Steve Nash. I mean, if they bring in Emi Odoka, then, yeah, they're just right back to square one. But, yeah, this team, it just didn't work, you know? This could have been one of the dynasties of our era where you get KD, Harden, and Irving all just destroying the league. And I'd just be sitting here complaining about that. But, mm-hmm. all, I mean, I actually prefer it this way. I'm glad they didn't work out. But, yeah, they, they just need to blow it up. I mean, I don't know what kind of trade value you can get for Kyrie right now. But he, he's playing good basketball. So you have to at least factor yeah. that in. The rest of the roster is just terrible. I mean, Ben Simmons is not the player. He's like, he's basically, we were talking about this the other day. Mark and me were talking. It's just, he's like Draymond Green now. Like, he doesn't shoot. He gets some rebounds and assists and some defensive stats. And then you have Royce O'Neal, who's traded a first-round pick for for some reason in the starting lineup. And then their bench is just like all the garbage that they had from last year. And it just doesn't make a good team. And Joe Harris is just coming off his injury. Like, there's just nothing that's going to happen there this year for them. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I mean, if you look at the bench, you got Joe Harris is coming back from his ankle injury. Seth Curry at some point will potentially come back. I think think Seth is a big part of that that they are missing, though, because he adds – he spreads the floor. He gives Kevin Durant what he needs. Um, And when you saw them play against the Bulls, a big thing that you did notice was that they were playing like Kevin Durant made a joke about – when they asked him about his turnovers, he made a joke about they're playing five-on-one on on me. You watch (laughs) that game, they played (laughs) five-on-one on him. They made Kevin Durant – make some bad plays they made Kevin Durant if he came around a screen he was coming through to two guys he was coming through to three guys and they basically told the Nets you're gonna basically Kevin Durant make everyone else beat us and like Sean was mentioning they just don't have that depth Joe Harris coming off that injury is not the same Joe Harris we've seen shoot 45 percent from the floor I mean from the Mm -hmm. three and then you got Ben Simmons who's scared to even look at the net the dude doesn't even look at the rim when he's playing basketball, like he's scared to look at the room. The, the man airballed a, fr- a layup, <laughs> a layup, a layup. <laughs> Normally he would just, he would just smash that thing into the hoop. Nah, the man airballed a layup. And then Kyrie, I think only put up like four points because it's actually starting to wear on him. <laughs> and the biggest thing that I'm noticing too about the Nets is maybe there is a little sense of like, I want to get the F out of here from KD. <laughs> you watch him. He plays the most heartless defense. The dude is yeah, not yeah. out there like trying very hard on defense. Um, no one on that team is trying very hard on defense, except maybe I got to give Nick Claxton some. He's in over his head a little bit, man. <laughs> like <laughs> he is the defense. That's why he is yeah, the like, defensive thing they got. <laughs> he's playing hard, man. But like Ben Simmons, he's still showing some flashes of greatness. He had that play on Luca to send them into OT, where he got the where he got the pickpocket with the assist to Durant and Durant for the dunk. But like, he's still he's still working some kinks out. But for the most part, bro, all you got is Nick Claxton, and then on defense, <laughs> no one else is playing. And that's 
Like, I'm saying it with a straight face because it's kind of sad. <laughs> like, yeah. that's who they have. <laughs> yeah, and Ben Simmons, just to iterate, he's shooting 44% from the field, a career low. He's only attempted one three this whole year so far. I'm surprised he attempted and, that many. Yeah, and uh-huh. you're making the comparison to Draymond Green. There's one place he can't match Draymond Green, and very many, very little shooting? NBA players. That's <laughs> the free throw line. He's shooting 46 percent oh. from the free throw line oh. right now. <laughs> yeah, you watch this dude play in the fourth quarter, man. He's he's scared to get to the rim because he just has these demons. He's scared to he's scared yeah. to be embarrassed. It's completely mental. It's kind of yeah. like Markel Fultz when he tried to get his shot back after coming back from a shoulder injury. But you see, Markel Fultz had a neurological condition. His was, <laughs> yeah. he, his biomechanics didn't work. Like, he yeah. had a real reason. His shoulder didn't yeah. work. His brain couldn't connect to his shoulder. Well, Ben Simmons' brain is messed up, too. <laughs> brain Simmons has a mental health yeah. issue, man. This guy is scared to be embarrassed. He is scared. Yeah. <laughs> It's so tough. Yeah, when, the forty-four like, percent is stark. That's that's DeAndre. That's worse than DeAndre Jordan, I think. At his, I worst. mean, I, I just feel like he has so much pressure to just be, you know, such a good player, and everyone will either love him or hate him based on how good he is at basketball. Like that's mm-hmm. just what he's like. Whole personality is tied to. I feel like his success. Yeah, he has a lot of like whispers of of rookie year Lonzo Ball where Lonzo was just so scared to be embarrassed where he was hitting the side of the backboard he was shooting like 40% from the free throw like he just didn't look like himself and everyone just kept saying like dude you got to play your game you got to play your game but i guess from the outside in it's it's easier said than done man like a lot of these yeah. younger guys just struggle to actually play <laughs> mhm it's tough out of i think in the last 8 years the if there's been one a few number one picks that felt like they were for sure going to be stars in the league, Ben Simmons was one of those. Zion being the other one. And Ben Simmons um, was a star. That's a thing. Yeah, he was. He got to that point, and now he's falling off of it so quickly. He's only 26 years old, I think. 26. He's 26. That's he crazy. At his peak. Yeah. So what do you but, think, Alan? Do you think they should hit the panic button? I do think they should hit the panic button. I mean, you got Kyrie on your last year. I would at least start making phone calls. And maybe you, I mean, you're going to have to at least wait a few weeks because this whole turmoil thing with his Twitter account and his, uh, his passionate self beliefs, um, is definitely going to hurt you, but you at least got to make the phone call and see what you can get back because you still have KD and you still got Ben Simmons. Those are two big contracts that are going to be super difficult to move. So you got to just commit to those two and explore what you can get for Kyrie. Uh, explore what you can get for Nick Claxton, potentially. I don't think you can move Joe Harris or Seth Curry, Royce O'Neal, or any of these other pieces. It's got to I mean, be the piece. What if you just blow the whole thing up and trade Kevin Durant like he actually wanted and actually make that happen this time? You'd have to be really willing to take a lot less because I don't think there's a team that's going to give you a Rudy Gobert type return. But I mean, you see we were how good about... he's playing. Like, he hasn't yeah. lost anything. Yeah, but you have to deal with Kevin Durant. <laughs> yeah. Well, he'd be fine as long as he's on a good team. Motherfucker don't even wear lotion, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's that have to I do mean, with you're... anything? He's like, yeah. that dude's just so hard to maintain, man. Yeah, uh, but he's so good. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to really be... I think you'd have to at least explore the Kyrie option first as an organization. If you're really desperate, then hit the panic button and trade Durant for what you can get. But that's a big contract to move, so you're going to get back a lot of salary you may not want to stick with. Because you also got to remember, the Nets don't have their four first-rounders for the next few years because of the Harden trade. I thought they got first-rounders out of the Harden trade. 
They they, they oh from from uh, Houston, but then they yeah. got a few back from Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I I would explore the Kyrie option first, but yeah. for now, looking ahead, the Brooklyn Nets got themselves a tough schedule with ten of the next twelve games being on the road. So things aren't getting any easier for the two and six Brooklyn Brooklyn Nets. But looking ahead at the standings, let's break things down a little bit and see how how many of these teams are actually sticking around in the top 10 and maybe the Brooklyn Nets will knock some of these teams out uh, by, by the end of this year. So if we were to take a look at November 2nd last year, who was leading the East? It was Chicago, Miami, the Knicks at three, the 76ers, Washington, Charlotte, Toronto, and Atlanta to round out the top eight with Brooklyn and Cleveland being the two out. At the end of the year, we had Miami at the number one seed, Boston two, Milwaukee three, 76ers four, Raptors at five, and Chicago six, and Brooklyn seven, Cleveland eight, and Atlanta and Charlotte uh, rounding out the last two spots. So a few surprises from last year when you look at the start to this to the end. Boston wasn't even in the top ten to start the year, and they ended up finishing second, and then, of course, making it to the NBA Finals. Cleveland and Atlanta were the two teams that fell out of the top eight, with the Knicks completely falling out of the top ten. Uh, I think they ended up landing like 12 or towards the end of the the standing. So looking at the standings today, Milwaukee, Cleveland, Boston, Atlanta, Raptors, Chicago, 76ers, and then the New York Knicks rounding out a top eight. I mean, if we're being real here, Alan, the New York of last year is the New York of this year. (laughs) (laughs) Like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I mean, the Knicks, they added Jalen Brunson, sure. But like, they're not any better than, like, once the Hornets get LaMelo Ball back, they'll start being better. I honestly think the Wizards, like, if they have Porzingis on a roll and they have Beal on a roll, like, I think they're better than New York. And then you have just a lot of teams underperforming right now. Like, I think that New York is definitely the odd man out here. Like, it's just as far as overall talent goes. Yeah. What about you, Mark? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, keep in mind, outside this top ten right now, Miami. I yep. think they're going to figure it out. They're they're off to a super cold start right now, but they're not te- a team that really concerns me once it comes to getting it done. They got Jimmy Buckets on their team. They got the depth. They have the roster to get it done. They're just off to a slow start. Um, I also don't foresee Chicago being in there that long. Like hmm. when you're relying in a, mm-hmm. on um, like when you're relying on Demar Derozan to have to drop above thirty for you to get a win, and I think they even had a game where he put down thirty six and they still lose. Like, you're asking for a lot. Um, They don't really... I don't see Chicago really being one of those teams that hangs on. Um, Charlotte is right behind them without uh, LaMelo Ball in there. I think that's going to be a big big difference. But I think the real real team that's going to end up uh, catching a little bit of fire is going to be Philadelphia. Um, I believe they started out, what, one and three? And now they're four and four. And then Miami's going to catch a little bit of fire. I do think... um, I do think the other teams, Toronto, Atlanta, Boston, Cleveland, Milwaukee, I think those are uh, um, teams that are going to end up winning a lot of games. But also a team like Atlanta is one injury away from being just knocked dying. out. Yeah. 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 Atlanta is DeJounte Murray or um, Trey, Young. Trey Young away from being from being out of that top uh, top five right there, maybe even out of the top eight. I think Cle- Cleveland's for real. They don't even have Darius Garland. They're only yeah, they just came back star. tonight. Yeah. Oh, he just he came, came back, back tonight. tonight. He balled Got them too. to win. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's interesting. You're saying Chicago. I Chicago to me seems like they're good enough to hang in there. Uh, the Knicks 
John, I'll agree with you. They feel like the one that's going to fall off. I mean, I it's, the, Brooke, it's the easy pick, yeah. Yeah, yeah. New York, oh, they're sure. going mean, to fall off. Three and three. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and Brooklyn's gonna is going to make their way in here. Miami's going to make their way in here. You think? Um, I don't know if Brooklyn's going to make their man, way in here. I don't, not to, man. I don't know. I <laughs> we said that about the Lakers last year. <laughs> I, I find it way too hard to believe that they won't make this top 10, like – Considering, I think the the East gets a lot weaker towards the bottom. I think they can catch Washington or or New York if New York falls. If New York ends up being that tenth team, um, that's who I see being sweeped in here. I guess who 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 do you get? Who do you see taking that New York Knicks spot, Sean? If it's not uh, Brooklyn, the Heat, Miami, just the Miami Heat. Yeah, I, yeah. I think I think Miami Heat could definitely have a sort of meteoric rise where they end up being the second seed in the East. I mean, it's still super early. So these, I mean, you know, you have Boston at four and two, I think just four and three now after they lost to Cleveland, like, you know, that's not even that strong of a three seed. So you flip that in like two games, like yeah. Miami could get there really easily. We remember the the wizards going nine and one, right? Yep. <laughs> 10 and like, three to start the season. 10 and three. Like yeah. dude, we're, we're seven games into the season. Like a, a losing streak, a winning streak can flop. One team wins three consecutive or two consecutive. Another team loses two consecutive. That's already flip-flopping everything. Yeah. There isn't a ton of like very interesting team stories from these top teams yet, in my opinion. I think that seeing DeJounta Murray and Trey Young work for Atlanta so far has been pretty cool. Uh, I wasn't sure how that was going to work out uh, when they first joined up together, but they seem to work pretty well together so far. Mm-hmm. Um, Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland just balling out together tonight was pretty awesome to see. Um, but yeah, as far as like other storylines, like I guess Siakam getting Siakam back to you know that form he had t- a few years ago, even that was better. yeah, even better. Yeah, that was that's been pretty cool yeah. to see. Like he might be all NBA at this rate. Yeah, we're, I was telling Sean that there was even reports, um, uh, I guess not even a report, it was an interview with Kevin Durant when they asked him who's going to be the guy this year. Kevin Durant flat out said Siakam. Um, there's these runs that are all over the internet. You can watch on YouTube, uh, the Rico Hines runs, private runs. That's where all the pros go to play pickup, and a lot of like the upper-end G League type players go to play pickup. You'll get like the entire Toronto Raptors team out there. You'll get Stephen Curry, Kevon Looney. Like You'll get a lot of these bigger-name players out there uh, playing just pickup basketball. And Siakam was the dude they said was giving everybody the work. Even KD in the mm-hmm. preseason said Siakam's going to be that guy this year. He's going to be a triple-double threat every every night. And I think he's putting up pretty ridiculous numbers so far this season. Yeah. Yeah, Siakam is at 26 points a game, 9 rebounds, and 7 assists Oof. on 38% okay, that's shooting, even more 47% field goal shooting. Siakam <laughs> yeah. looks like, at this point, looks like an MVP candidate. Like, he looks like he could finish top five. If he can get yeah. the Raptors a little further up in the standings, he could be there. And it may be possible. I mean, Scotty Barnes looks good. OG looks good off the out of the gates as well. And they got themselves some players at the center spot, which is, has historically been their worst position the last few years. So maybe there. Uh, they might have it. It's interesting you said there's no there's no storyline worth calling out, Sean, because the Milwaukee Bucks are undefeated. They're the only undefeated team. <laughs> I, I suppose. The NBA. Yeah, I mean it's cool, <laughs> but like we knew they were gonna be good. Yeah. I get like six and zero. Oh, that's pretty. That's pretty respectable. It's pretty respectable. Yeah, they. Mastered yeah, the this is all they had. A few oh, are they seven games. and zero oh now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're seven and zero oh now. 
But yeah, I mean, they're playing the Pistons. Like that's like whatever. They're and supposed to win that. Giannis, Giannis is definitely on another MVP route. I think for sure. Nah, it's too boring. No one wants. It's to too see boring. That. No but like, to yeah, that's true. Yeah, I feel like at this point, Siakam might have a better shot. Yeah. Not yeah. Jason Tatum so, right now. The... Jason Tatum's also kind of boring. Huh? Nah, Jason Tatum hasn't I won think yet. Luca, Luca's definitely. Yeah, Luca's at the top right now. Yeah, not even close. It's Luca for yeah. sure. I will say this about the Bucks: they are the only team that has yet to play an opponent outside of their conference. Or did they play? Oh, they played a Western Conference team today, right? No, they play oh, the they Pistons play the today. Pistons. They play. Oh, so they still have yet to play a Western Conference team. So they're the only team who has yet to go to the other side of the country, or maybe the Kings. <laughs> Uh, you think yeah. that plays into it a lot? Like, oh, they haven't traveled, so they're I... they're gonna, uh, you know, start struggling a bit. Yeah, travel takes oh, yeah, out of cause... people, man. They're sleep deprived. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I also think the West is just loaded this year, uh, so I think there is something to say there about that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no, like that'll be a definite test for them. But I mean, you win all the games you're supposed to win. You can't really complain. But one thing you do yeah. got to keep in mind is the West is a lot weaker at the big man position, I would say. This yeah, outside the of East. Uh, the Timberwolves and the Nuggets. Yeah, but Carl yeah. Towns couldn't guard a freaking parking cone and Rudy Gobert, <laughs> let's be real. Man. Oh. Like, Rudy Gobert, <laughs> can, Gobert. Gobert cannot guard Giannis, my guy. He cannot yeah, no, guard Giannis. Gobert is a great rim protector. However, No Giannis, one can guard Giannis, though. Yeah, it's Giannis, bro. Let me be Giannis. <laughs> Won me the know, championship man, you, last year. <laughs> what about Anthony Davis? I think Anthony Davis would be raising. His Anthony Davis is probably right the there. most equipped, except he'll probably injure himself trying to guard him. Yeah, Anthony Davis. Yeah, but I mean, I, I'm talking like when you're playing in the when you're playing in the East. Bam Adebayo is a great defender. You got Joel Embiid mm-hmm. playing out there. Like you have just more. You have more girls yeah. out there. I feel like Robert Williams when he's healthy Robert could honestly Williams, put up a yeah. fight. Like he's got the strength and the quickness. Yeah, for sure. My old man Al Horford. Held Definitely his, held not. His <laughs> held his own in the playoffs. Uh, he's yeah, just he a year. He's a year older now too. Man, he's definitely regressed. You can see it. Yeah, and that man should have been tested for PEDs for sure last year. Man, <laughs> that guy was on like a ridiculous level. Yeah. Um, yeah. Seriously though. All right. So talking about the West, let's go. Let's go out west. And last year at this point, Utah Jazz was number one, with followed by the Warriors, the Lakers at three, Dallas. Denver, Memphis, Minnesota, the Suns rounding out the top eight, and then Portland and Sacramento. And at the end, it was the Suns with the number one seed, followed by Memphis, Warriors, Dallas, Utah, Denver, Minnesota, and the Clippers with the eighth seed, and then the New Orleans Pelicans and the Spurs rounding out the top ten. So highlights here, Lakers and Blazers and Kings, all three of these fell completely out of the top ten. Clippers, Pelicans, and Denver were not in the top ten to start the year, and they made work their way up up to the up to the top to the top ten. So this year we got the Suns, Portland, Utah, Spurs, New Orleans, and then a tie between Denver, Memphis, OKC, followed OKC. by Minnesota <laughs> and Dallas. So the questions here, of course, is do the Lakers and Clippers make their way into the top ten? Do they have the opposite effect that they did last year? Or instead of falling off, they work their way back into the top 10. If not, then who are the teams that are falling off and who are the teams that are staying? Well, I mean, I think it would be pretty catastrophic if the Clippers did not make the top 10. <laughs> it, it, so you have to put them in there. 
I have to say the Lakers are going to make it too, solely based off the turnaround that they've had over the last couple of games. Who though? Mm-hmm. Who is going to fall off? Maybe the Spurs. Yeah, that's yes, the question the, though. Who are yes, you taking the Jazz, out? Yes, the okay, Jazz see. And the Spurs. Yeah, you take out OKC. Oh, oh, there you go. OKC is an eight right now. (laughs) I don't know, man. Are the Lakers going to win? They just won two in a row. Okay, we've won two games, bro. Yeah, it's the start of something. It is. It is. Yeah, you got to take out OKC. And then the other name has to be the Spurs. You got to take out the Spurs. I'm taking out Utah. There, I don't think you got. You guys can't get fooled again. You can't let the Washington Wizards fool you again. I know. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm feeling they're eventually gonna. No, they're yeah. eventually like, gonna be like, yeah, hey guys, we're trying to tank here. We're yeah. trying to get a win, but Yama. <laughs> no, they're they're gonna go like ten or twenty in the next thirty games. They're gonna go ten and twenty. I'm calling it now. Like it, it, it's just unsustainable. Like they don't have the talent. Like I know Laurie Markkinen's like a god at basketball for some reason, mm-hmm. but outside of that, like Jordan Clarkson has been overperforming. Uh, Kelly Olynyk's been overperforming. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, Mike Conley's gonna get hurt at some point. Oh sure, <laughs> yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Don't put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. Yeah, yeah. Like it might, yeah, it might take like another month or so, but yeah, you'll see Utah drop very quickly, just like San Antonio. Like San Antonio, I feel like is actively like, oh, like this is like we cannot win games right now. Like we have to sit out as many players as possible. It's like Kelton Johnson sat out tonight. Devin mm-hmm. Vassell sat out. Um, I think they had Josh Richardson sit out and like, and they waved Josh Primo, but that was for yeah. some other, yeah, bad reasons. He was showing himself oh, yeah, to the yeah, female he, staff. He tried, he, he tried to pull the naked man in real life. It doesn't work no, out. No, he was doing it to multiple female <laughs> staff. Oh, multiple. Oh, yeah. Female staff, bro. <laughs> he was that guy at the mall running around oh, with geez. the trench coat and just like <laughs> opening his trench coat, bro. Yeah. <laughs> not good. Not good. Yeah. So his career's over. Um, so yeah, they just like, I feel like they're actively like panicking about winning five of their first seven games. Mm -hmm. Like it's a little early for that, you think, but no, they're, they're like, no, we need to start losing now. Yeah. So if Utah, Utah, you, so you, we named three teams and Utah Spurs, OKC, who's that third team that's coming in then? If it's the Lakers, Clippers are sneaking in here, who's the third team that's moving their way up? I guess... Oh, well, the Warriors. It's got to be the Warriors. I don't yeah, know the Warriors. Warriors yeah. yeah, it's got to be. Yeah, so that's pretty easy. Yeah, yeah. they're just it's, tired, it's man. It's certainly not going to be Houston, and it's not going <laughs> to be the Kings. No. So that really leaves, yeah, the other three teams that we yeah. left out. Yeah, that's that's pretty simple. Are the Warriors are on a three-game losing streak? Yep. Yeah. So looking so. at – so now that we're looking at all these standings, who here then is the Orlando Magic slash Washington Wizards? Of the last, few I, years, I, yeah, just, so it's oh, Utah, Utah and San Antonio, <laughs> because like I, I predicted these would be the two worst teams in the league before the season. Yeah, on paper mm-hmm. they're just not good. So what? What about? I'll throw you. I'll throw one at you guys. What about the Blazers? Five and one. Mm, Look at is their that team. Real? Though their I, team on paper is good. The Blazers are a playoff yeah. team. I mean, are they pretending a little bit? I think so. Like they're not gonna mm-hmm. be the two seed in the, in the West, but I think they could easily be a four five seed. Because, four five. I mean, just based off of what they are as a regular season team. Like yeah. I don't think this is gonna translate to playoff success because I mean, yeah, Dame Dame's a bucket, but the rest of them don't have that experience in the playoffs to really. 
I think, take them to that next level. So he'll probably end up having doing a lot of it on its own, on his own. But I think they will have a very good regular season. Yeah. Like a Utah Jazz I, of old sort of season. Yeah. I just I don't trust Dame's health all that much. Nurkic is balling out pretty well. I think the Jeremy Grant edition has been nice. Dude's been out there for like 36 minutes every single game. Just hustling, <laughs> playing defense. But yeah, Josh Hart's been amazing too, actually. Josh Hart's been good too. Their He's bench probably is one of weak. the best rebounding guards of in the in the league, Josh Hart. Yeah, the dude's almost averaging a double double, I think, to, yeah. to start the year. <laughs> yeah, so it's pretty impressive, man. If only the Lakers had a guy like that. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> but because of Dame's health, I I mean, yeah, I see them finishing top top ten, but I I'll have them closer to like ninth, nine or wow. eight. Wow, really? You don't yeah. believe? You, well, is that just solely based off injury yeah, or same Dame's health? Yeah, I think it, I think it's a bit of the health, Dame's health, mm-hmm. and also I just their bench just seems too weak to me relative to the other these other teams. Um, they just they and they lack the size a little bit. They're not quite as big as like a Denver, quite as big as like yeah. The Suns I mean got, they have they have Nurkic. Nurkic can handle his own down there, but yeah, yeah, I can see your point. Without uh, if he gets hurt, that leaves a huge. Uh, gap for them yeah but there's a lot of teams like that in the west right now i feel mm-hmm. like you look at the pels are starting to struggle without brandon ingram you look at denver is the most injury prone team in the league right now honestly yeah. you look at the lakers are one injury away from going back to <laughs> oblivion <Chaos>. <laughs> like <laughs> a lot of these teams are that way minnesota you look at phoenix if they lose chris paul that's a huge blow to their offense but yeah. we've seen Phoenix be able to do pretty well in the regular season with like some pieces missing. Yeah, but I'm talking about Chris Paul. Like if you watch their offense play, I think it was it was against Minnesota last night. They played, and the second Chris Paul gets off the floor, you see the Timberwolves close an 18 point gap and they get tied up. Yeah, and then yeah. Phoenix puts Chris Paul back in and they get back to like an 11 point gap. He's just he's one of those players not to go too far down the rabbit hole who can just facilitate a game. And mm-hmm. he's one of the most he's one of the most um, influential players. Yeah, once he's it super comes to important. League. Yeah, yeah. But, and Cam Johnson's looked really good for them. It, it's interesting that they they've been super successful at, with sitting Jay Crowder out. Like yeah. they're just not playing him at all, just waiting for a trade to come through, which is like just super weird to me. Like I just don't understand why they can't just play him in the meantime mm-hmm. like i don't really know what they have to lose like maybe there's something else under the surface there yeah this might be a him thing too because he said he has no intention of being a bench player yeah i guess so but it's just like it's a lot of ego we have that. russell westbrook being a bench player now so yeah like come count. on jay crowder suck it up <laughs> yeah yeah We're it going... seems like a real loss because i mean you just have this empty slot because i think he's still getting paid over 10 million dollars this year yeah yeah, which is not like there, a ton million. as far as like contracts go, but you know, yeah, that's a ton to not play games. <laughs> yeah, to not play games. Yeah, it's that's great. Ton. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's still the type of money you give to a dude that that at least going to give you fifteen to twenty minutes a game at the very least. Come off the bench, be your eighth man in the rotation. Oh yeah. Um, so that's a that's a bit unfortunate for 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 the Suns. But I was looking at the Blazers roster really quick just again. So. The two dudes that are coming off the bench for them is Justin Winslow and Sheldon Sheldon Sharp. Those are the oh, two Shaden, dudes. Shaden Sharp. <laughs> Justice <laughs> Winslow and Shaden Sharp. Those guys are explosive, man. They're Justice exciting Justice Winslow players. is not an exciting player. 
<laughs> yeah. I, he's a, he had some explosion to in it, college. Huh? No, even as a pro. <laughs> even Shaden Sharp. Shaden Sharp Shade has Sharp's had some excited. of the best. He's had some that. of the best highlights so far this year with the dunks. Yeah, this is why you got to have Jeremy Grant playing 36 minutes and Amphrey Simmons playing 36 minutes and Josh Hart <laughs> playing 36 minutes every night. They, it's a nice yeah. core. I like the t- I like their starting five, but they they dwindle pretty pretty quickly. Um, <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, I yeah. think they're one of the teams to cross sport references. They remind me a lot of like this year's Miami Dolphins, where they're overachieving at the moment because they have an identity. So like mm-hmm. a lot of other teams are trying to figure it out. You got the Nuggets trying to reincorporate two players. You got Memphis trying to catch fire from last year and help Josh send to be a star. You have Golden State coming off of a hangover, <laughs> trying to find uh trying to find where their vets like Draymond and Clay still fit in the rotation. Yeah. Minnesota's super different. Minnesota's yeah. working out their kinks. The Lakers are trying to figure it out. The Clippers are dealing with their Kawhi drama, like you just have a lot of teams that don't know who they quite are right now, and I think Portland knows who they are. They haven't really changed their blueprint too much, and all they did was add um, a top-notch wing defender that can also get you 20 points in Jeremy Grant. Yeah. So I think they just they just have an identity. They're a rugged mm-hmm. team that can put the ball in the net. Are they undersized? Yeah, they are. But at the same time, they do things that are important to this game, like wing defending and hitting the three ball. And they do it at an above-average rate, so it's keeping them in the game for right now. But like Sean said, I don't think they're going to be a major player in the playoffs, but they do have a blueprint right now that will win them games. All right, we'll we'll see we'll see where they land. Here's a here's another team I'll throw at you guys before moving on from this. That that's Dallas. So Dallas right now is in tenth. Mm. We know they're going to stay in the top ten, but are they going to make their way into the top three, top four this year? They're the second in offensive rating right now. Towards the bottom, yeah. <laughs> towards the bottom yeah. in defensive rating, net rating four four out of thirty. So they have the makings of a good team, but it seems like they got some things to figure out. Luca's yeah. literally doing everything for this roster. Me and Mark both had kind of the same reaction when you asked that question. Just like a like a sigh of like, oh man, there's just there's just something up with this yeah. team. Because, like, obviously Luka is just playing absolutely out of his mind, MVP caliber level, but it's for a 3-3 three and three team up to this yeah. point. Like, it's a 500 basketball team. I mean, all the problems they had last year still persist into this year. Their roster is just made up of a bunch of nobodies. I mean, mm-hmm. nobody's going to care about, you know, I think putting, a, a, stretch. putting I a scouting think... report for, like, Maxi Kleba. Yeah, <laughs> I think their issues, they lack the star power. Like they exactly. Have, like they have the role players. Like I, I would, I would say it's a stretch to say they're nobodies. Like Spencer Dinwiddie's a bucket. Eh, like he hasn't been this year. He's he's had a couple good games. He, they have like Reggie Bullock that can knock down shots. They have Tim Hardaway Jr. that can knock down shots. Like they got guys that can make plays. However, you're asking bona fide role players to play above and beyond every single night. And if you're going to play a Golden State that has four guys that can get hot or three guys that can get hot, even other teams, like I mentioned, Phoenix, you got like Mikel Bridges that can get hot. You got Devin Booker that's getting hot. Cam Johnson put up career high like 29 last night, 7 for 11 shooting. Like a bunch of other teams got guys that can get hot, a bunch of guys that are stars. Meanwhile, here, you just don't, you have Luca with like the highest usage rating in the league, and who who's who can fit next to him? 
He's just not a very yeah. easy player to play with. Is he, is he basically like Michael Jordan in that regard? Or Michael couldn't really find someone to play with until Scottie Pippen came along? I don't think it's necessarily that. Luke, because Michael Jordan isn't, he was a ball dominant player, but he wasn't a ball handler. He wasn't the uh, guy, mm-hmm. he wasn't the playmaker. So they were able to fit a playmaker yeah. in with him. And the thing was, Michael yeah. Jordan was a lockdown defender, but you, you, they got somebody else to fill that role for him. He yeah. was also a great rebounder, but they picked mm-hmm. up Dennis Rodman to fill in that role for him. Yeah. Luca does have all any of that. that, yeah. But it's also difficult because if you add, like, let's say, let's say you do add like a, a Scottie Pippen type player, do you want the the ball in that guy's hands or do you want it in Luca's hands because Luca is the one who makes the magic? Yeah, no, that's what makes it true. difficult. He's, yeah, so what? Like, I guess what's the player then that fits Luca's game the best? You know, like, can you put anyone more than a role player around him for him to be the best version of himself? If I had to spit out any player off the top of my head right now, hear me out, hear me out. I would say it would have to be like a cat, Carl hmm. Anthony Towns, just like a real like versatile big man. Yeah, a big man that can gonna... stretch the floor, shoot the three rebound the ball and make some plays okay well let me throw a name out there christian wood why is that <laughs> not just christian say, wood? when are we going to talk Did about you? christian wood here's the here's the, <laughs> here's the thing about christian wood though is i also was going to say like this team you know the franchise is trying to do better because this is not a cheap roster this is still an expensive roster that they, they have pay for a bunch oh, of dumb sure. role players <laughs> yeah, and I think part of it is I think this is just the thing that sucks about a guy like Luca, who's so good. He's a good ball distributor and scorer. He just is a bona fide great basketball player is that he makes bad players look better. Therefore, they get paid, and then the team is stuck in this cycle where they've <laughs> committed to players they probably shouldn't have committed to yeah. to begin with, but they looked really good just because they were playing next to Luca. It's kind of like the – the hole that LeBron dug himself into early in his career and like Steve Nash, I think. And uh, Steph Curry managed to not do that for himself. Uh, But anyways, Christian Wood though, I think is a good piece, but I think he's just not a great defensive player. And I think Jason Kidd has figured that out because he's Mm -hmm. only averaging 25 minutes a game and he's coming off the bench for Dallas for a guy that was traded to, with the expectation that he would be a starter for this roster. So in terms of like who would be a good fit next to Luca, Christian Wood, I think is maybe half of that. He's a great shooter, great offensive player, but he still lacks that other half that he's not the big man, big presence, defensive stopper that I think really you need to slot next to a guy like Luca to complete the team a bit better. Where does towns fit that? I think, I think so maybe better just because he's naturally a, a big guy. Who can a stay on the floor. He's better. Oh, okay. Okay. He's better. Okay, but I threw out Carl Anthony Towns, a multiple-time All-Star, <laughs> and your rebuttal was like, but they signed Christian I'm just saying, Woods. They have a guy like Carl Anthony Towns, and it hasn't worked out. Cool. Christian <laughs> Woods, you can also say he's like Anthony Davis, but he's not Anthony Davis. Uh, yeah, he's not yeah. Towns. Yeah, Christian Woods is not Towns. Towns. I'm not saying that. Yeah, yeah and <laughs> is, is Christian Woods going to be the guy to move the needle on any franchise right now? Can you put him on any team and you're like, he made that team a contender? Like, the Warriors. The Warriors. (laughs) (laughs) Does he move the needle, though, man? Oh, they'd be unstoppable. Oh, they'd be unstoppable. They'd have so many shooters out there. Yeah, dude. See, 
But see, that works because you have you have a Draymond. But Green, he's not the guy. You have a yeah, yeah. Okay, you have yeah. the guys who can he's play the, the five option. Yeah, you yeah. you have. That's what they're trying to turn James Wiseman into. But okay, <laughs> point is, is he a star that's going to take a team from not a contender to a contender? No, no, no. Because and then I think it reads right here with what we're saying. It's like they're top two the offensive team, and I think they're going to stay there for most of this year. They're probably going to land top five, top six. But defensively, they're they're fifteenth out of thirty, so you know about half at the halfway percentile for the league, and that may get worse or it may get slightly better. But I don't think it breaks them into top ten. And essentially, a true contender is a team who's top ten in both of these categories, and Dallas is just not going to get there. Uh, th- yeah. As much as they love all these guys who can true or can just shoot the ball from Luca, but they just cannot move the needle for for this team. Yeah. yeah, I think Spencer Dinwiddie's a bad fit next to Luca because Spencer Dinwiddie's best game is when he's in control mm-hmm. of the ball too. I think he right. needs a guy like honestly, uh, man. If the if the Mavericks were able to get Dejounte Murray instead of the Hawks, that would have been the. I think maybe Dejounte Murray just fits along a lot of people, but yeah, Dejounte Murray plays a strong role. He's he's he can he can guard good wings and he's super versatile. Um, can definitely take over yeah. the reins and of the offense if he wants to. And he doesn't need to be ball dominant. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So Dallas is, I think, one of the weirder teams on this list. And so I, I really wanted to to bring their name up. So to wrap it up, though, their over and under on Dallas is 48, 48.5. That was the preseason odds from, from Vegas. What do you guys think? Are they landing close to that? I think they can get close to that. I'd probably still take the under. Mm-hmm. But like... Not by a ton, maybe like forty-four wins. Yeah, I was gonna say forty-four. As yeah, well. like they'll still be That's above five hundred. Like, I, yeah, like Luca's too good for them to not be. But th- yeah, they're not. They're not going anywhere with this team. Like this, this roster isn't any better constructed than the one last year was. Yeah, even with the addition of Christian Wood. No, because you lost Jalen Brunson. Like. And we're talking about how Christian Wood isn't actually as good of a fit as he seemed like he was on paper. And Brunson actually did fit really well next to Luka. So, in my mind, they are a worse team than they were last year when they did win, I think, 48 games. Right? Yeah. Yeah, last year, Dallas won 52 games. Oh, 52 games even. Yeah. Okay, so they're, yeah. I think think this is a tougher Western Conference, though, so I feel like... yeah. The numbers are going to skew a little lower than they were last year, but I think so. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, okay. Let's go to big deal or forgetful. We already talked about the Blazers, whether or not they'd hang on to the second seed. Uh, let's move on to Russell Westbrook moving to the bench. Since th- since that move, the Lakers are two and three. Uh, seems like he's accepted it pretty well. Devin Ham was pretty complimentary of him. So was the rest of the Laker team. Is this a big deal or forgetful? Is this a game changer for the Lakers? I'll, I'll leave it to the Laker fan first. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is a big deal. One, it shows Russ is willing to be part of the team. Two, we've known from the get. I don't know a single Lakers fan that was excited about the outside of your homie Chris Freeze, <laughs> that was excited about getting Russell Westbrook because you essentially got – LeBron James in a 6-3 package like yeah. at the point guard position like they play the same game they both need space they both can't shoot they both um are ball dominant 
and you put them next to each other. Now, Russell Westbrook lost the edge that he used to have, which is which is my take. He doesn't necessarily have that quickness. He doesn't have that athleticism. And it's it's funny to say because he's still incredibly explosive, but it's not like he used to be um, in his OKC days. And we saw that mm-hmm. with... Um, we saw that with all of his trades out in Houston, out in D.C. And my biggest takeaway is he's playing against worse players on the bench. He's playing with that second unit, so it allows him to actual facilitate the ball. It lets what they've been saying all year, Russ, let Russ be Russ. And him doing that against the bench, you're seeing his efficiency go way up. You're seeing him have fun out there again. You're seeing him make Magic Johnson-esque passes. Like This dude is back in his element. He's given you, I think tonight he was 6 for 10, and um, like 8 assists, 7 rebounds, something like that. He's back to mm-hmm. nearly averaging a triple-double. Off the bench. Off the yeah. bench, and I think he's accepted that role, and I think when he saw what it looks like, you know, maybe it's not that bad. <laughs> like, you gave up you gave up your supermodel girlfriend, and you settled with an 8, <laughs> and you realize, wait, the 8 cooks better. Wait, the 8 ain't at all these Hollywood parties talking all these, like, Leonardo DiCaprio's like she's still beautiful she he's still getting 32 minutes a game she's more loyal to you because you can be who you really are and it's overall you're having way more fun and you know you're like maybe I can get used to this I think that's Russ he gave up the supermodel and he went for oh my bad (laughs) he gave up the supermodel and he went for the more the more comfortable situation yeah I think the the big point in all of that I mean, the supermodel stuff, great and all. The 32 <laughs> minutes, still getting 32 minutes a game. Yeah, still getting the 32 it's, minutes. It's very important that his minutes didn't really get reduced when he got put in that bench role. And I think that's like the con- kind of the compromise that Russ has with maybe the coaching staff. It's like, hey, like, I'll be six man, but like, I still need my minutes and I'm still going to be mm-hmm. there in crunch time. And, you know, it seems like it's working out really well so far. I think, yeah. I think it's a big deal. I think if Russell's able to adapt to this role, and this starts getting the Lakers wins. It's a huge deal, honestly. And and it relies on the other Lakers starters stepping up. Because now you bring in Troy Brown Jr. in, who was like, he wasn't even being played, and now he's a starter. And he got a double-double against the Pelicans tonight uh, in that overtime win. You know, they, they had to step up, too, for this whole, whole experiment to work out. And so far, you know, you're seeing signs that it could potentially yeah, exactly. I think that's a good point. It gives the coaching staff flexibility to play around with that starting five a lot better. Maybe ma- adjust it depending on the matchup with all the other chess pieces of Laker role players that you have off the bench. But yeah, I mean, to the efficiency point, yes, Russ was not very good to start this year. But since since coming off the bench, he's been up. He was a plus eighteen against Denver in that win, and he was a plus four tonight out of the plus and minus category with the same minutes there so i think for the lakers defensive rating they're third in the league right now so defensively the effort has been there all year they've been a top defensive team offensively they're they're 29 out of 30 second to last in offensive rating so the total opposite of the nets or the problem that dallas are facing so with moving russell westbrook to the to the bench i don't think that impacts the defense the defensive end at all but it does impact the offensive end where I think you're going to get Russ in better situations to convert and in better situations to lead the second unit, which is a very weak second unit when you take Russ out of it. Uh, so I do think it gives the Lakers a, a different look when they're going up against opponents. So I think it's a big deal too. It gives them a total a new identity. 
Especially because we don't have to go to a parallel universe to look at what it looks like when Russell, if Russell Westbrook <laughs> was a starter for a whole year, because we got that last year. I already year. saw it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we already saw it, so we know what that parallel universe looks like. Now let's see what this other one looks like, and I think so far it's looking a little better. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I, I'm excited. I mean, we, I don't want to get too excited, though, because, I mean, like you said, there's still two and three. With them off, mm-hmm. it's not like this is some like undefeated, like invincible lineup they've they've formed. Um, it obviously still has its flaws, but yeah, hopefully they can continue to figure it out. No, aren't they yeah. actually? Two Sorry, did I say two and three? I meant two and one. Two and oh, one. two and one. Two and yeah. one. Okay, yeah. yeah. All right, maybe they are invincible then. No, I think they're two and zero. Oh. <laughs> is he only it two been and off oh? the bench for two games? He's only been off the bench. I think the game that you're thinking that they lost, he didn't play at all because of the hamstring. Oh. Oh, right, you're right. So they are, they, so they, are they are invincible with Russ on, in, yeah, Russ in the six man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the their big, uh, yeah, their first game with uh, without Russ was against the Denver Nuggets. Mm-hmm. With uh, Russ on the bench, a, two and one. Oh, two yeah. and one. Oh, never two mind. One. I'm wrong. Yeah, Minnesota. <laughs> Minnesota. Yeah. Okay. Yep, yep. Yep. So next point, Laurie Markinen probably. I don't want to. I think if you're like a big basketball fan, it's not much of a surprise because the summer really showed signs that this kid was getting ready to take another step forward. And his year last year with Cleveland was significantly better than his years with Chicago. So Laurie Markinen has had a hell of a start to this year uh, 22 points, nine rebounds. Utah Jazz have a winning record at this moment. Uh, so big deal of forgetful here on Laurie Markin. I'm going to let you take this one, Sean, since you have gotten a front <laughs> my fantasy, row seat to, my fantasy yeah, basketball to, darling. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, Go man. ahead. I'll let you take this one. I mean, it's such an interesting case because I mean, like you said, we all kind of thought he would take a step forward, just getting more opportunity going from Cleveland and Chicago to Utah, where you know everyone thought they'd tank and be awful and they'd just let their young guys just jack them up. But the fact that Laurie Markkinen has emerged as the best player on the team, which I didn't expect that at all. Like I thought Colin Sexton might've put a run in the money for that. I thought that like maybe Mike Conley or Jordan Clarkson would just step up into a bigger role with, you know, a lot of, you know, no name guys on the team. And Laurie Markkinen just takes the reins and he's putting up stats all across the board and they're playing winning basketball and it you know it does kind of harken back to his rookie year in Chicago when he kind of did have free reign to just play his own game and he's he seems to be succeeding but i mean that's just what the nba boils down to is just getting that opportunity in a mm-hmm. lot of cases and he just never had that opportunity until now and so yeah i think it makes sense but it still was surprising for me and yeah. at the end of the so day, I'd say I'd say it is a big deal. I think this is like a turning point in his career. Like people can actually see what he can do now. Yeah. Mark, you have thoughts on Laurie Markinen? So, first of all, before we dive into Laurie Markinen, what do we think about Utah? Do we think they're a good team or do we think they're inevitably a bad team? Inevitably I think they a will. Bad team. Yeah, inevitably a bad team. That, Sean, that ownership group will make sure they're a bad team. <laughs> Sean, what is my theory? about the leading scorer on a bad team somebody's gotta put the shots up somebody's gotta score the Mm -hmm. points (laughs) this is very reminiscent of jeremy grant averaging 25 points per game on a 23 win or whatever how many little Mm -hmm. wins that they got on the pistons 
Somebody has to score the points. I think on this team, he's surrounded by a bunch of bench players playing starting roles. You have Kelly Olynyk. You have Colin Sexton coming off the bench. Mike Conley can get you at most like 13 points per game. Like, Jordan Clarkson is a bona fide bench player playing as a starter. Like, Lori Markinen is really the only guy with some real off or real starting kind of role. And he's going to be the guy that's going to be scoring the points on this bad team. And that's the theory I always have. You can look at bad teams across the league. They will always have a guy that's overperforming. So are you saying this will be a forgetful season for Laurie Markkinen? Like once he gets on a good team, he'll regress back to being a 14-point scorer? Yeah, that's that's what I think. I don't think it'll be forgetful for Laurie Markkinen. I think Laurie Markkinen's <laughs> going to remember this season forever. I think he might even sneak in and maybe snag an all-star. <laughs> you have to keep it up for a while, but yeah. yeah. Jeremy Grant snagged an all-star yeah, that that's year. That's true. That's very but, true. And then he's going to go to a team like how Portland got Jeremy Grant, and guess what he is? He's not a star on that team. He is a bona fide role player. And yeah. I think that's what we're seeing here. This is a big opportunity for him to get paid, though. It is. It is. If yeah. you can but average, did Jeremy Grant get paid. Yeah, I mean, he, he got, got twenty paid. million. Yeah, like if you can average twenty-two points a game for the season, and, and like, sure, like maybe he'll regress a little. bit. If he's even averaging twenty points a game, that's gonna get him a big contract somewhere. At twenty-five, yep, you give yeah. a twenty-five-year-old twenty points, and he's still shooting like fifty percent from the field. That's pretty good. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, he's a good player. I mean, we saw it on yeah. Cleveland last year, like. As the f- what fourth option, basically, like he was a solid contributor to this team, and they had a great season, and he was a part of it. Like, I think it was just, yeah, he's just always, you know, one of those guys that you don't really see how good he is when there's so many other louder players around him. But now when he there's no one around him, it, his game actually shows. Like, oh yeah, this guy can ball. Like he's a yeah. good player. He can really help a championship team. Yeah. One one small thing that I'll add to this is just Laurie Markkinen has only crossed the 60-game mark uh, once in the last four years. His rookie year, he played 68. If you take out the, his rookie year, 52, 50, 51 games, and then 61 games in total. Granted, some of these were shortened seasons, but yeah. he has had a hard time staying on the floor. So maybe this is the year that he stays on the floor and keeps the stats going. One thing I'll say about Utah is they're very good at developing their talent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. Maybe, I, I don't one. think that Laurie Markkinen, just like one last point, I don't think he can be a one or two. Like, he's playing like a like a two option on a like a contending team right now. But mm-hmm. I don't think that that's a role that he can keep up. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see where Laurie Markkinen lands. That last point on Big Deal of Forgetful, we got to talk about the Warriors. The Warriors' slow start. They are 3-5. and five. They got that opening day win against the Lakers. Uh, Clay Thompson has got, started off the year pretty slow. Uh, they've been sort of trying to figure out how Jonathan Kaminga, James Wiseman, and some of their other younger guys fit into, into their rotation. We're maybe contributing a little bit to their slow start, but... What do we think? Big deal of forgetful here for the Warriors. I want to say it's forgetful. I mean, if we were talking like one and seven, I would say, yeah, this, this is a pretty big deal. 
three mm-hmm. and five, you know, that's like one winning streak away from being just fine. And yep. I think I think the only big deal within this team that I'm seeing is Clay Thompson is not the same player he was before his injuries, and I don't think he ever will be. Yeah. He's had a full year at this point to get back to where he was, and he's not even close. Like, he's super inefficient from the field. He just doesn't look as confident in his shot anymore. He continues to jack up shots as if he is confident, but I feel like he has a little bit of an imposter syndrome right now where he, like, he knows what he has been able to do, but I don't think he believes he can do it anymore. And I think at some point, like, they're going to have to consider putting Jordan Poole in the starting lineup because, I mean, unless Clay is just that good defensively, I just I feel like he's not contributing the way he has before. Yeah, he's averaging eight three-point attempts on 29% three-point shooting, which is a career low, 35% from the field in general for 13 points on this for this team. But yeah, I mean, the Clay Thompson point, I think, is the one that stands out. There's also just figuring out the rotation of what they're going to do with some of these younger guys, Jonathan Kaminga, uh, James Wiseman, uh, all these dudes that are just kind of some nights playing 20 minutes, some nights playing 15 minutes, some nights not playing at all. Uh, but I think if there's anything that offsets the Clay Thompson stuff, Andrew Wiggins is having himself a year, and Steph Curry looks to not be slowing down. So I think this team will still stack up wins. I'm going to say forgetful for now, but there are still some kinks to figure out for this team if they want to repeat. Yeah, I'd say that the the championship hangover is definitely a thing for this team but they have the veterans to be able to get over it by the time the second half of the season rolls around. Mm-hmm. And, and like I said, like Wiggins has been playing pretty well, I have to admit. He's been yeah. doing pretty good. Um, Curry's still Curry. Draymond's still Draymond. Jordan Poole's still Jordan Poole. I, I think that you're going to eventually see them take out like Jermichael Green and Ty Jerome out of this rotation. Like These new guys that they brought in, I, they just don't really add anything to the team. I think they just have to go back to what worked for them. Um, go back to Kaminga a little more. Go back to Moses Moody, um, mm-hmm. and I think Wiseman is going to get a little better as the season goes on. Like, I don't think they're going to give up on him just yet. Um, he only I played like not. nine minutes in yesterday's game. He had early foul trouble. I think he had three fouls in like the first two minutes of the game, and they had to take yeah. him out. And they, and they they went back to him a little bit in the second half, and he was okay. Um, so I, I think you'll see some flashes of Wiseman still. I think it'll improve over time. He's had some, he had some flashes through the season and the preseason. Um, but Mark, you have any thoughts? No, I think you guys pretty much covered, covered most of the points. The biggest concern to me is, um, Clay Thompson, just because Mm -hmm. he's slower, Mm -hmm. he's getting frustrated. He has a bit of an ego, um, at the moment right now you saw his whole little scuffle with Devin Booker. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like um I watched a recent podcast with him. He was on um I think it was all the smoke podcast that I was watching and uh definitely is talking he he definitely does have that swagger to him where uh he feels like he's that guy right now. And mm-hmm. the thing is um also following up after he had that scuffle with Devin Booker Charles Barkley even straight up said he's not that guy anymore, and he flat out said, I know I'm not that guy right now. Like, just give me some time. I'm trying to get back into it. Man, we gave him time. Yeah, I think it's one of those (laughs) things, too, where, like, 
in your off season, there's a difference between training to get better and training to rehab. Mm-hmm. I think he was still a lot in that rehab session this off season rather than training to get better. So I do think as the season plays on, he will improve. But at the same time, right now, he's what's crippling them the most. At this point, you're expecting you have a two wing, a two way wing that can shoot and can stop uh, perimeter perimeter players, but he is not that right now. So like you guys mentioned, they're trying to figure out where their younger guys fit at the moment. They're trying to figure out where Jordan Poole fits in all this because I said my hot take in game one, watching them play against the Lakers. I have a buddy that is a big Warriors fan, and I texted him. Hot take, I think Jordan Poole's better than Klay Thompson mm-hmm. now. And he responded with, you're not wrong. Yep. <laughs> and um, yeah. I think it's just the Warriors. They see Draymond Green like they see internet internet browser cookies. His future with them is gone and you're just working with what you have right now like you know it's coming you know draymond dream who would with that punch in the face they know his they know his time is coming only warriors facilities have that video they leak that because they know we can't afford to keep them so they're trying to figure out where these young defenders where these young defenders fit in place for draymond how can they make up for the iq he brings the defense he used to bring because draymond proved to be damn near useless in the finals now that's mm-hmm. going to be their future. And that's yeah. my take on the Warriors. They're just trying to figure things out. They're figuring out rotations. They're figuring out how are they going to move on from this Draymondless system heading forward. Yeah. The Warriors right now are ranked outside of the top 20 in both offense and defense. So they got some figuring out to do, but I think they'll I'll think they'll get themselves back in back into the at least a better half of the the league in both those categories. Um but I think now is our one of my favorite parts sections is in honor of Nick Stauskas and his <laughs> explosive first game back in 2018 for the Portland Trailblazers. This guy went off for 24 points, 7 for 11 from the field. Got Portland the win. He was oh, player of the game. Yeah. I remember watching that game. What a performance from this man. And then never touched 20 points ever again. He had eight points over. He only had he only had eight. Eight points, eight, eight points over game. ten points. That's yeah, yeah, yep. He and then quickly fizzled out of the league, but nobody had a hell of a first game of the year like Nick Stauskas that year. So the question is, who is the Nick Stauskas of this year? We've we've got a few contenders, and now we're a few weeks away away from the first game of the year. So I think we have a good read on who seems to be trending down. And the three <laughs> candidates are Kevin Herter, Cam Reddish, Jalen Suggs. I hate to put him on this list because he mm. feels like he shouldn't be here considering this is now his sophomore year in the league. But he's he hasn't quite been up to par. Um, Cam Reddish, 28 minutes, 22 points. His first game back since then has not scored more than eight points, nor has he passed a 20-minute mark on the New York Knicks. Jalen Suggs, 25 minutes, 21 points in his first game with the Magic this year. Since then, he's had one three-point game and one nine-point game. A few DMPs and a few outs with injuries. Um, I know you wrote Kevin Herter here, Sean. Do you remember yeah, his line? Yeah, I'm thinking that Kevin Herter actually doesn't fit this because he hasn't slowed down yet. <laughs> he's still playing well. So I yeah. think he's out of this Nick Stauskas route, but um, he's shooting 53% from three so far this year. That's going to come yeah. down 100%. But out of the three of these guys, I think there's a pretty clear winner. I think it's Cam Reddish. 
<laughs> I I agree. This poor guy. What's happening in in the world of Cam Reddish that this is dude cannot. Well, he just got the opportunity in that first game. Has he been getting that many minutes in all these other games? No. He's getting minutes, but not many. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't really think it's much of a contest. I think that stat you put there lines up pretty well with exactly what Nick Stauskas did. He just had a lights out first game and then after that was just a nothing burger. We Mark's Mark's got a little bit of a, a contender potentially though. Uh off the mm-hmm. list. Oh, my guy. So I know about him because he saved me in a fantasy week. Or didn't <laughs> save me, but he gave me the the ego I needed because I have the most dominant team. <laughs> Jalen Noel. I picked him up because he had a randomly good 13.9 rebound game. And then the next game, he puts up 23 points off of 9 for 13, shooting 69% field goal percentage, Thirty, per, I mean 60% from the three, 100% from the free throw. Who is this guy? Who is it? <laughs> Jalen Noel. He's, he's, he's the a backup bench. shooting guard yeah, for, the Timberwolves. <laughs> for the Timberwolves. <laughs> and then since that game, I dropped him immediately because I had Marcus Morris in my IR exceeded travel. So I dropped him after that 23-point game and put Marcus Morris back on my team. Since then, he shot 3 for 12, 0 for 3 from the 3, <laughs> and 6 points. Yep. And then, uh, what is that, today? That's sh- uh, that's the second to the last game oh, he had. So oh, my Only bad. 10 minutes, shot 1 of 8 for 2 points. <laughs> and then uh, against Phoenix yesterday, he was 4 for 13, 0 for 1 from 3, 10 points. <laughs> So that's that's that, pretty good one there too. <laughs> that, that's a, that's a pretty that's a pretty good one. He was a plus twelve in that game too. Cam Red, let's see. Cam Reddish was well. They lost that game. He was nine for fifteen, three for six from three for that twenty two points, five rebounds. Sean, you're the tiebreaker. Who gets it? Jalen Noel or Cam Reddish? Oh man, that's a tough one. I just feel bad for Cam Reddish I because do. they don't. They just don't. Let, <laughs> they don't let him play. Like that was looks no to one me lets like... this man play. Yeah, he he. After that twenty eight minutes he got in that first game, he hasn't. He's gotten over twenty minutes only once. Mm-hmm. That was OT. And that was yeah. And he's yeah. He's never gotten over ten. Yeah, it's got to be Cam Reddish, man, because it's literally the first game was the only one he had that was any good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He hasn't scored double digits since then. Yeah. Not yeah. And hasn't gotten over twenty minutes. His field goal. Percentage has sunk quite a bit. I mean, he just doesn't get any opportunity. But yeah, it's it's not going to change. I don't think for Cam Reddish unless they get a string of injuries to some guys. So, yep, Cam Reddish wins wins the twenty twenty (laughs) two Nick Stauskas Award. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we could always revisit if if Cam Reddish and the month from now ends up averaging ten and five. We'll give him that. We'll take <laughs> Which it away is from still him. like not that impressive, <laughs> <laughs> but it's doubled. It's a lot better than what Nick Stauskas ended up averaging that year. So oh, man, we'll, we'll take root- the award. I'm rooting away. for Cam, man. He needs his chance. Yeah, we'll I'll, we'll take the award away and we'll give it to Jalen Noel. All we'll all we'll revisit the list. Maybe Jalen Suggs is still a candidate. Uh, Maybe we'll see. I gotta think. I gotta think. Suggs is gonna get it together. He's got too much opportunity and talent. 
Wasn't he yeah. competing with Cole Anthony? Like, when Cole Anthony comes back, he's yeah, not going to play true. again. Yeah. <laughs> Especially because Bulbul took his spot in the starting lineup. Bulbul. <laughs> yeah. And even RJ Hampton's still there. Markel yeah, Fultz yeah. at some point is coming back. Sometime. <laughs> Who knows yeah. when. Yeah, Jonathan we'll Isaac, see. if he ever plays basketball again. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's all I got. You guys got anything else? If not, we can wrap it up. No. Thanks for joining us, Mark. Any final thoughts for the pod? Nah, man, no final thoughts. It's been a good season so far. A lot of exciting basketball. You're just um, happy about your fantasy basketball team, aren't you? I am very <laughs> excited about my fantasy basketball team. I don't know how you guys let me have that team. Oh, but... my gosh. <laughs> Who's the guy you're most proud of having? Who's the dude that you're like, oh, man, I'm so glad I got this guy? Probably Jason Tatum. You know, when you're making... One. I was in that awkward that awkward like eighth spot or like seventh spot so like you don't have an outright winner at that position for example you like first couple picks you can get the easy Giannis you can get a Jokic you can get an Embiid you can get like a guys that you know yeah (laughs) um but once you're in that like six seven eight nine spot you're flirting with like potential like I think Tyrese Halliburton was at seven to somebody that's balling out though but like you're you're taking chances essentially so jason tatum he can go from either being the next kobe to having like to being basically andrew wiggins for a season you don't know whether he's going to go up or down in terms of efficiency in terms of how he plays but it looks like he made that real ascension this year he's an early mvp um, favorite for me so um maybe not the outright favorite but he's for sure top three players in the league right now and i'm most excited about that one nice that's a good one all right well there you go there you have it jason tatum um we had some controversial takes but yeah thanks everybody for tuning in we'll we'll start our regular streak our regular programming week in and week out breaking down the rest of the nba season so thanks for tuning in yeah have a good week everybody